right, all right. Join the Journey family, friends, and guests. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are reading Ecclesiastes 8. But before we jump in, it is a Monday, which means a new episode of Join the Journey Junior has released. So Join the Journey Junior is Join the Journey's podcast for kids ages 8 and under. And this year in 2024, there are two different types of episodes. The Monday Mashup, which consists of fun games, scripture memory, and interactive activities for kids— And once a month, Join the Journey Junior will be releasing a Pirates of the Mountain story, an engaging interactive story for kids that teaches a lesson from the scriptures we're reading this year in our reading plan. But all of that said, I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. David Hope. Hi, Emma. How are you? Very good. It's good to have you here, David. We've had your wife, Emily, on a few times, but this is your first podcast appearance. Yes, I'm excited. This is a, a fun change of pace, and you know, hopefully just she's rubbed off on me a little bit. I get to uh, <laughs> learn a bit from her. Well, I'm glad to have you here, David. Would you share a little bit about what God's done in your life and what you're up to these days? Absolutely. I grew up here in the Dallas area and was blessed to be taught about Jesus, about God, about his plan for us from a very early age, and I'd say that I made that faith my own starting at a very early age, but I would say that my faith took a uh, a distinct turn after I came back here from college mm-hmm. and started attending at Watermark about 12 years ago. In that time and in the context of meeting regularly with community and uh, regularly practicing accountability and confession, things that had not been as much a part of my life before, there was an opportunity there for the Holy Spirit to work in my life and to work and change in me and that hadn't been there before, um, that I had not made room for before. Mm. Part of that happened through community. Part of that happened through uh, Watermark's discipleship and recovery ministry regeneration. But all told, God is a present part in my life in a way that he wasn't before. And it's been that much more of a blessing to get to learn about him uh, with Emily as my wife since last year. And y'all met serving in kids ministry? Uh, Am I remembering Indirectly, yes. Uh, She, at the time, was on Watermark staff uh, leading in uh, kindergarten and first grade ministry. I was serving through fourth and fifth grade, so we we knew of each other. And then uh, starting last year, about the time that she was moving on to the equipping team, things kind of clicked, and uh, yeah, we started a relationship then. And it's been really fun to see uh, how her role has continued to grow and to learn from her in turn. I love it. Well, I'm excited to learn from you today, David. Excellent. We're talking all about Ecclesiastes 8, and I'm just going to give you the mic. What you got for us? So— I'm so excited to talk about Ecclesiastes 8, and this was a really rich reading experience for me in preparing to write the Devo, because there's been plenty of times in my life, and I'm sure in the lives of many in the church, uh, where we struggle with what we, with how to act wisely in light of what we do and do Mm -hmm. not know. And I think that's a key theme in this chapter that's addressed in a very honest and open way. In the first section, talking about how we act wisely under authority in talking about how we live you know, in under the authority of a king. Mm-hmm. And then the latter two sections talking about how we live in light of the fact that it seems as though things often go well for those who do wrong mm-hmm. and sometimes go poorly for those who live righteously. Right. Uh, the Old Testament 
we see many examples of places where uh, God promises that generally things will go better for those who follow his laws and seek after him. I think of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, where in the command to honor your father and mother, it says that you may live long in the Mm -hmm. land that the Lord is giving to you. And yet, we all know that there are times when that sort of the good or bad consequences don't seem to line up and certainly don't seem to happen directly or right away in the in the way that we would expect. If you do well, there may still be times where you or a family member gets sick, mm-hmm. you fall on financial hard times, things happen that just do not seem fair. I know that there that was the case for me growing up. There were times when I thought – this family member of mine is doing great. Why are they suffering? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't understand how God is at work there. And I thought at that time that that was something that that there was a problem with my wisdom or understanding for struggling with Mm -hmm. that. And yet when I read in this chapter, starting in verse 14, it says, there is a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked, and there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I see, oh, the text is actually addressing this. Mm-hmm. Um, there, That apparent mismatch is talked about directly here. And what's more, we get something of an answer. And that is, you know, at the end of the chapter where it says, even if a wise man claims to know it, it being how God is acting, what mm-hmm. he is doing in these things, he will not find it out. Essentially, as the theme of the chapter is to fear the Lord in light of what we don't know, we get a message of generally, yes, it will go better for you if you mm-hmm. seek after God. Generally, yes, it will go worse for you if you rebel. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be times that that doesn't line up and you're not going to know exactly what mm-hmm. God is doing. And effectively, that's okay because we can trust what God is doing. Yeah, We see that play out indirectly in many of the prominent J names of the Bible, Job, Joseph, Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. even Jesus, where bad things happened to them when they were doing nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And there wasn't any way to know at the time what God was doing. But here we get a promise. Yes, he is still at work. You're just not going to know why. I think, David, the, the difference in our response to these troublesome events I I think maybe are we surprised that bad things will come? I'm reminded of John 16, 33, when Jesus says, in this world, there will be trouble. Mm. Like things won't always be easy, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so it can feel, uh, maybe to someone who's newer to Bible study, confusing. That in the Old Testament, we see, hey, if you follow God's law, things are going to go well. And then in the New Testament, we see Jesus saying, hey, it's going to be hard. Mm. How would you encourage someone who's wrestling with that that tension? The first thing I'd say to them is that they're not alone mm-hmm. in struggling with that. In fact, I could think of one of the most prominent New Testament examples where I see people struggling with this or questioning it is when Jesus heals a man born blind. When he and his disciples come across a man who has been blind from birth, the first question the disciples ask is, Teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was Mm -hmm. born blind? There's an assumption that if something bad happened to this man, that it was because he or his parents did something wrong, Mm -hmm. that there had to be that direct correlation between action and consequence that we, not God, could understand. And Jesus says it wasn't that 
either this man or his parents did anything wrong. So even the disciples who had been walking with Jesus for years at that point struggled to understand how God could be at work in that situation in light of what they had grown up with, which was the general understanding of do well Mm -hmm. and it will go well for you, do poorly and it will go poorly for you. Uh, So first bit of encouragement, you're not alone in that. Right. Um, Many of our biblical heroes struggled with those same things. Second bit of encouragement is, I think, the other part of Jesus's response there, which is, you know, he communicates uh, to his disciples there, effectively, the reason that this man was born blind is so that Jesus could work through him. The reason that that struggle was there was so that that man and those around could see Jesus show up and do his work. That was a reason that no one was going to be able to understand until Jesus showed Mm. up. And so I think that applies just as well here and to the passage in Ecclesiastes 8, where the writer says, yet I know it will be well for those who fear God. Mm. There will be a time when this makes sense. There will be a time where we could see how God was at work and what he was building towards. But it isn't now for us because we aren't God. And that's where the key of fearing the Lord comes in. That's the fearing of God is to understand, I know God is at work in here because what He is because of what he has done through his story in scripture, because of what he did for us through Jesus, Therefore, I can trust that he is at work, even though I will fully acknowledge, as the writer does here, that I can't tell what's going on in this. So good, David. It's humbling. Yes, it is. David, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. You did a great job. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.